This episode is brought to you in part by our Major Spoilers VIP members around the world. Thank you for your support of Major Spoilers and the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. If you'd like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com and sign up today. Thank you in advance. The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, the countdown to 600 continues as we talk legitimate leaks from Legoland. CBS sets its sights on Supergirl. Pixelated powerhouse pugilizing people with Tron taking on Auto Man in an animated altercation for the ages. Plus, the gang gauges go time for Gotham, Gordon Good, or Get Gone. All this and Sir Thomas More, because the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Welcome to Issue 592 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this episode with a friend. This episode is uh, brought to you by Amazon.com. Well, not brought to you by Amazon.com, but more importantly, <laughs> it's brought to you by people who use the Amazon, uh, Amazon link over at Majorspoilers.com. More people using it every day. The more people that use that, a little bit more comes back our way. In fact, the more people that use it, the more comes back our way Ooh, and allows us to do cumulative. more great things. That's right. In fact, it's uh, we're in one of these plans that scales so we meet a certain metric and it goes up another half percent. Oh, so it's like so, exponential. Yeah, well, not exponential because if it was no. that great, then Amazon would be out of business because of all the five I, people that use the Amazon link over at majorspoilers.com. Careful, that's but a math term. I don't know. It, what it, really uh, it, caps, so. it caps out at a certain percentage. Mathematical. And uh, it's always great when we hit that percentage before the end of the month because, it's, nice? because it is backwards for everything that made during the month. So it's oh. not like the first sale of the month gets the lowest rate oh. and the final sale of the month gets the highest rate. You meet that you meet that level, mm-hmm. and then everything and that sold that nice. yeah. Wow. So, I wish uh, my job worked like that. Yeah, so do I. Um, so everybody head over to Majorspoilers.com and use that Amazon.com link. For those of you who have anxiously been waiting our thoughts on uh, the new uh, series Gotham from Fox, we'll be talking about that later in the show. Woo! In two weeks, we've got The Flash hitting on CBS, or uh, on uh, CW, CW, and the CW is so confident in this, maybe because of what happened with Fox and Gotham, that they've went ahead and ordered three more episodes of the show so far for the season. Mm-hmm. That brings wow. the total of number of episodes up to 15. Wow. And, that seems and we should low find still. out if they, well, it is. We'll find out if they get the other nine. Oh, uh, okay. Usually they okay. do is like it, 12 and then do a back mm-hmm. 12 or I something like that. 13 was their, their general like opening I, bid and then they well, like, if do you a think back that nine or October, back November, December. That's, that's um, three months right there, one every week. That's 12 weeks. Then you take right. your winter hiatus off in January until after the Super Bowl, and then you right. come back in, and that's the the back fifteen or thirteen or whatever. Well, so and, at and least we're, also, we're getting also, to at least uh, January on this. Yeah, it also depends on timing and actually whether they count the pilot or not. That's, yeah, that's oh, true. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Zach, tell us about these Lego leaks. Yeah, so someone <laughs> uh, very sneakily, I don't know where they actually originated from, but someone posted them. Uh, to Imgur and Reddit last week, uh, a huge, huge list of the front box art for all of the sets that you come from Lego in 2015. Uh, it included some old favorites, uh, yes. like the Pirates. Lego the Pirates, Pirates line is coming back. Yeah, and uh, so I think <laughs> this week we're supposed to find out for sure about Lego. We're for sure finding out about Bionicle is another set that they Ooh, showed. They have, yeah, some Bionicle, just like figures and stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
the ones that I'm really interested in are they've got this line called Elves. Yes. And it's really weird because it's like a cross between the Friends line mm-hmm. and the Hobbit line. And you get these elves set that I think yeah. it's going to cause a lot of people to scratch their heads because this, the people that put toys in the aisles aren't going to know whether, does this go in the girls' aisle mm-hmm. or yeah. does this go in the regular Lego it's aisle? Like, it's, it's friends good. like Phoebe and Monica? No, no, no. Or? Friends like the uh, the Friends line is the quote-unquote girl line of yeah, Lego. They have like the bigger heads the, and the, stuff. the interesting okay. looking uh, minifigs. They, the minifigs, yep. pretty much the minifigs are just shaped differently. They, they kind of look like regular humans as much as a minifig can. yeah. I, I got a couple of these. They were on clearance. Mm-hmm. I've got the Friends, uh, Emma's Karate Class, and uh, Mason's actually interested in putting this one together. Which is interesting about the elves, because like that, which is like Emma's, whatever it mm-hmm. was, uh, the elves set all have like a name preceding what the set actually is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like there's a backstory to these sets mm-hmm. that we don't really know of or if it'll ever actually get explained, but they're actually giving the characters names well, while the, they're releasing them. If you if you look at stuff like Chima and, mm-hmm. and Bionicle, yeah. I yeah. mean those are all tied to T V shows. Yeah. Right. So and Ninjago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um all of that stuff, you know, it does, like, I would not be surprised to see a Lego Elves TV show in the works mm-hmm. here. Oh, soon. yeah, that, was, that wouldn't surprise me. But, I mean, that was that was of that list of, of toys. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they've got, uh, on the Friends line, they have uh, Brave and Frozen and something Frozen else. Frozen and Little Mermaid. Frozen and Little Mermaid sets yeah. that come out, wow. including a huge Frozen Castle mm-hmm. as part cool. of that set that I saw. And Actually, then- I think they're rebranding the Little Mermaid as Scaled. <laughs> in the new the new theory of all of our heroes are just described by an adjective. Uh, what else? Uh, a lot of Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Um, Some of that already announced today from uh, Lego and Disney for the Star, Star Wars, Wars Rebel, Rebel stuff. stuff. Yep. And then we had DC. Oh, yeah. And so there was a Green Lantern Sinestro set. Yes, that was already announced at San Diego So that was Comic-Con. pretty cool. Uh, and then I swear one of the DC sets includes the Hulk. If you, like a giant green minifig is on the front of the box that looks like the giant Hulk minifig. Is it Killer Croc? No, because there's a Killer Croc already out. I and think in one of those. I don't. Do you have still all the images? I think I have them on my work computer because oh, all okay. the the link got nixed, and yeah. then the mirror of the link got nixed. Uh, <laughs> so I'll have to go back and look because when I was. Uh, yeah, recording the one one list. I, yeah, yeah. I was recording the want list and I was going through them and I was actually starting to look at them closer. I was like, that really looks are you like sure that it's wasn't the a, Hulk. Are you sure that wasn't a Marvel set? No, because it was like Batman and Superman and the Hulk. What? Maybe it is a killer croc. Did, Maybe it's a did variation. The, did the Hulk minifig look very handsome? No, it just looked big have, and green. Did it okay. have a tail? Uh, I don't remember. Because I was well, like, although you was know, bigger in, than the, minifig, in the Killer Croc in Batman the Animated Series, he doesn't have a tail. In the early, no, um, he doesn't. He's version. also like not really all that green. No, he's, he's kind of like, like a white, like off white, greenish, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Was he blonde? Because it could have been Brainiac Five. Could have been Brainiac actually. Oh, you know what? It may mm, have been. Do it you have might any have been Brainiac. You have a lot of purple on. Well, green or and blue. purple. I don't remember. That's the villain color. Might, it might be. And I believe the new Brainiac is a big, kind of a dude. You know what? I bet I bet I know what it was. I bet it was uh, Super Destructo Jimmy Olsen. Oh, you know That's what? That's right. I bet it's Brainiac because one of the sets is uh, set Brainiac six, Attack. 6040 Brainiac Attack, yeah. Oh. Brainiac, Martian Manhunter, Supergirl, Superman. Yeah. That must have been what it was. Darn. That's, 
I've earned my comic nerd cool. cred for the week. I'm going to lay back and sleep for the rest of the show. Hooray! That's not true. Uh, well, there's still some cool uh, DC sets. I'm trying to think what else there was. There's a lot of like mixels. I don't really know what a mixel is. Yeah, it's basically it's weird... these little creature things that you then take and you combine their parts together to make different. Oh, you mix them up to create yeah, different okay. things. So Mason and the and the sidekick are kind of into them, but I'm gotcha. just like... You combine them with plicks, do they take you to the fifth dimension? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but I think like Pirates is definitely pretty big because there's some mm-hmm. a big a big pirate ship set. Yeah, it's back. Yeah. Uh, the elves has been interesting, and um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, there's another like super agent. Oh yeah, there's, it's called Agents. I think is, is what, what it was. Called. Yeah, but that's already out. Some of that is stuff's it? already out. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, this may be new sets to that line. Yeah. But it's uh, something I've never seen before. Yeah, they have them at Walmart right now, so you can go down the toy yeah, aisle, and it's kind of wedged in between. Uh, Lord of the or the Hobbit and um, yeah. and the, the and the Marvel DC stuff. Okay, so. okay, yeah, go check that out. Ultra I, Agents, Ultra Agents. That's it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brian Singer closes a deal to direct X Men Apocalypse. Uh, some people <laughs> were like, "Oh, is that really a surprise?" And I was like, "Well, look at it this way: you've got somebody that's being accused of a sex crime. Mm. Do you want them? Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah, do you yeah, really yeah. want was, him directing your movie? So yeah. while that whole that whole legal thing was going on. He was kind of in limbo as to whether he was going to direct the X-Men apocalypse uh, mm-hmm. movie. Now that the, all the, the person has dropped the charges, he's in the clear. Right. And so now, um, now Fox said, sure, let's yep. go ahead and sign you up and get that contract signed. And I guess that happened over the weekend. He will not only, um, he will not only direct, but he's also going to help write the script. Cool, cool. And according to an interview that he did uh, a couple of months ago, he said it was going to be bigger, badder, and more destructive than what we've ever seen in that, an X Men movie before. Did he have anything to do with the Days of Future Past? Or yeah, he directed. The other? He didn't. He did. didn't. Oh yeah, Days of Future Past. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. all him. And that is interestingly also out on iTunes today. Yep. So go grab that if you haven't. I, w- I will say one thing, uh, and, and spoiler alert: if you haven't seen Days of Future Past, uh, I've, I've the, seen half of it. The <laughs> uh, the. Post end credit scene mm-hmm. where it's just like oh apocalypse apocalypse and they're building a pyramid like I remember I was sitting there watching and I was like this is a lot a, a pyramid being telekinetically built is a lot less impressive after we saw an entire uh, <laughs> baseball stadium get dropped on top of the White House <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so the X Men Apocalypse arrives in theaters on May twenty seventh two thousand sixteen so good for people who are Brian Singer X Men fans. Uh, if you are a Supergirl fan, CBS has given the green light to a Supergirl series. Now, we talked, I think, last week a little bit, or maybe I alluded. No, no, no. We talked a little bit last week about uh, TNT going ahead and giving a pilot green light for the Teen Titans right. uh, show. CBS has said, oh, yeah, you know what? Just give us the whole series. And so they've greenlit the entire series uh, for Supergirl. Oh. Again, interestingly, I, I, I don't know if it is... Warner Brothers and and CBS saying, hey, we better not put all of our superhero franchises on one channel. But uh, and maybe they're going to get more eyeballs on CBS. It just is. Mm-hmm. It's weird that, well, why don't you just line them all up on CW? Maybe CW is like, we don't want that. Maybe. Yeah. Because I mean, I you're going to get, they already have, what, three mm-hmm. by the end of like. And look f- at that their ratings. Weird, uh, spring thing in yeah. 2015 yeah. with Ein Zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Is Constantine also going to be it's on, on in, It's on NBC. NBC. Oh, that's on NBC. Yeah. Wow, yeah, they are spreading so out. Yeah. CW, NBC, CBS, Fox. The only place They've we won't see, the only place ABC. we won't see anything is ABC. Yeah. Which is, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's owned, really owned by Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys excited about this? About Supergirl? I yeah. am. Why? At, well, the main reason why is because Supergirl doesn't have the cachet that I feel like she should. And, you know, even if we're looking at the new 52 Supergirl, who's kind of, you know, the the angry little sister stereotype, mm-hmm. you know, the one who's trying, you know, trying to bust out of Big Brother's shadow. Yeah. I think that to most people, when they say Supergirl, they're like, oh, wait, you mean like Helen Slater? No, I mean like 55 years well, of some I wonder, pretty good stories. I wonder, though, if people associate Supergirl with Helen Slater. I think they Because do. some of the older people might, but, you know... When we think Supergirl, my first thought, well, my first thought is, oh, Supergirl from the DC animated series where mm-hmm. she was, yeah. you know, this cousin that was trying to find her own identity. And of course, yeah. she got white her t-shirt own Supergirl. Yeah, white T-shirt, uh, blue miniskirt yeah. Supergirl. Um, and then a lot of other people might be thinking of Laura Vandervoort from uh, Smallville because she had a lot of play in the two or three seasons that she was on that show. Did they ever call her Supergirl? They called her Kara, I think. I don't think she was ever a Supergirl, but she did use the Kara name. I think, interestingly, much like the Adam West Batman, who, much to mm-hmm. DC chagrin, refuses mm-hmm. to fall out of the, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the the public consciousness, I think that, what, 80-something yeah. uh, Supergirl movie? Like, I think that's Supergirl. I think even people who haven't seen that movie have seen clips of that movie. Probably. Yeah. No. Nope. Have you seen it's Zach? Pretty oh, okay. I don't know anything about it. I just All googled right. Helen Slater. She's kind of pretty in 1984 too. Helen Slater is one of those women who who has gotten prettier as she ages. Here's here's so what, here's the my younger hope. She is, you know. Here's my hope for this series is that they mm. learn from their mistake of Wonder Woman. Was it the same We're, people making it? Well, it's it's through Warner Brothers. Now, this was also at the same time when. Um, Ah, dang it! Now I forgot her name. Who was taking over as the as the president of uh, oh. DC of uh, Warner Brothers Entertainment? Is it Diane something? Yeah, Diane. Uh, yeah, it's Diane something. Yes. Sawyer. No. Furstenberg. No. no. Um, but you remember how they were? How we got to see Adrian Palicki or Adriana Palicki um, mm-hmm. in the costume? And I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool, a little shiny, but that's so c- cool. And then word started leaking out about how they're going to have these big scenes of Wonder Woman sitting around eating an ice cream and talking about, you know, girl problems. And everyone was like, that's not Wonder Woman. That sounds really lame. And then they ditched that series before it even, before they even finished shooting the pilot. So what would you, what would you say the mistake was? Would you say the mistake was leading the thing? I think the mistake was, no, I think the mistake was from what it sounded like is they were trying to alley McBeal Wonder Woman. Mm. You know Ally McBeal? I do know Alec McBeal. Okay. And I think that was a big, I think that was the big mistake. And people were like, well, that's not Wonder Woman at all. Wonder Woman's not insecure. She's not right. sitting around crying into ice cream and, and having uh, and, pajama parties with her friends. And complaining about people staring at her boobs. You know? Yeah. That, that was the thing that got me was my, my expectation has always been that Gail Simone expectation. If Wonder Woman's costume gets ripped in an embarrassing way in combat, She's going to finish the combat and then cover up. And that's something, you know, to, I don't know that Supergirl has that same sort of thing to it, though. I, I wonder if you couldn't get away with kind of I, a... I think Supergirl is exactly the sort of show where you would have basically, you could make it 
you know, Valley basically, yeah, super clueless. You, you could. I don't know about super clueless. Maybe we'll go back a to bit. the 70s, the 70s Supergirl when she was in college and every other issue was her crying over a boy while mm-hmm. also being the most powerful person on the planet other mm-hmm. than her cousin. How about this? Super Felicity. Yes. Super Felicity could work so long as A, she doesn't cut her hair. What about the time travel? What if she tra- time travels? Oh, it's Supergirl. Of yeah. course she time travels. She's a member of the Legion of Supergirls. And, and she's going to move to Metropolis because she's stalking a guy she never talked to in high school? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, and that well, guy? Actually, that would be a great thing. It's like, oh, Supergirl is like in Metropolis, and all of a sudden she moves to like Sapphire City or something, or yeah. whatever, Star yeah. City. And it's like, why did Super... Like, everybody's like, why did Supergirl move to Star City? And it's because Kara is actually like following her she's crush. following mm-hmm. her crush. Yeah, and totally. you know what her Super crush's Felicity. name is? That's what her crush's name Cal. is. Cal. And then it gets really weird in, that, in uh, no, season two wrong. when Zod says, I am your that's, father. That's terrible. Um, so it's based on the story of Kara Zor-El, who, like her famous cousin, escaped Krypton and its destruction. She's been keeping her powers secret since arriving on Earth, but now at age 24, she decides to embrace the superhuman abilities and be the hero she was always meant to be. Nice. So she's busting out of her shell. Classic old school Supergirl thing there. Yeah. As long as she's not like... I, I just hope they don't ever do the... Uh, do the whole uh, she's a pile of putty that uh, transforms into Supergirl. Yeah. Or, would it, would or, an, or an actual angel. Yes. The uh, actual angel made for some good stories. I know sure. it's a terrible sound. Hey, concept. you know what? I think the pile of putty made for some good stories. I did not. But do you <laughs> think that do you think that they would go with her secret identity with a brown wig? I hope so. Yeah, why not? Okay. I I, I don't think they will. I really don't. But Ideally, in my head, I would like to see them embrace all the looniness of, of Silver Age Supergirl. But mm-hmm. I just hope that we don't get, and I know she isn't wearing it anymore, but I hope we don't get the jailbait Supergirl suit from 2008. Oh, from uh, uh, Mark Silvestri or whoever that was doing that? Was it Mark Silvestri? No, not I Mark it was, Silvestri. Uh, it was uh, Michael Turner. Michael Turner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that suit was problematic for me. So. I, think they'll, I think they'll probably go with something pretty tasteful and pretty traditional, so... I'm hoping so, they don't go with the red crotch thing that they got going now. Yeah. Which I don't is think a shame. they can do that straightforward on a live human being. Which I don't know, is it's a good bathing suit. I've seen some cosplayers that have already dressed up like <laughs> Super it, this current 52 uh, car- incarnation of Supergirl, and it's got the whole. Apparently, it's called a C string. But don't ask me why I know that. But more importantly, if they do a more traditional Supergirl suit on TV, wouldn't it be great if they then changed her ugly? superhero costume in the in the comics to match the tv show yes yeah. definitely i you know i still back. i still like which one the one from crisis disco bondage 80s <laughs> supergirl <laughs> with the headband and the shoulder pads and the big flippy olivia newton john skirt go nuts. i, I, I just mean, like the plain simple i really honestly i and i know a lot of people don't but i like the design of kara from uh the animated series it's white just t-shirt. white t-shirt, white gloves. T-shirt. Uh, yeah, people would say, well, the, the mini skirt may be problematic uh, for when she's flying around. I believe but, her, wasn't her midriff out in that? Yeah, it was. In some place, yeah, and sometimes, yeah. Um, um, I actually like, and I know that it's a different character, but if you look at um, the Superwoman costume, mm-hmm. like with the hood, which mm-hmm. is very similar Ooh. to the Gwen Stacy Spider-Verse costume yeah, yeah, that yeah. we're seeing right now, yeah. I think they could do something with that. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to do something that wasn't just... Uh, cheerleader Superman. Right. 
Right. Well, and there's a lot of cheerleader Supergirl suits out there. For sure. me, it's always the the hot pants, slippers, and then the the deep V-neck with her her S shield as like a, an Izod on the left. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a cute suit, and I think she had that for a very long time before she got her headband. But you know, I don't think that you can do any Supergirl costume straight on a person. Hey, you want to hear a crazy theory? Hmm. Tell oh, me God. why not. Well, let, let's play on last week's concept of there <laughs> is a multiverse uh-huh. okay. and everybody's on a separate channel as a separate universe. universe. Okay. And this Kara Zor-El doesn't wear the traditional Superman outfit. She actually wears the Power Girl outfit. Uh, but without the boob window. Well, she she's 24. I mean, See, because, I, I think then they might as well just have called it Power Girl. I, I really doubt true. that they're going to give her the Power Girl. Well, outfit. I doubt that they're going to create a multiverse on four different networks <laughs> all at the same time. And then time. watch them do it. They listen to you, Steve. I, I'm sure they do. The only thing I know about her costume, I, I know so little about Supergirl's costume, but I can tell you, I'm going to guess they're not going to do a headband because headbands aren't very fashionable right now, unless you're doing it like super like indie girl uh, going to a Bonnaroo concert, like, with a, like, a, like a little flower or something. Uh, not going to do a headband. That'll be out. What are 24-year-olds into these days, Zach? I don't know, just uh, chilling on the beach. Jeans. Yeah, skinny jeans. I don't know. Like I like this is I, a, this I know, is like, a bad little, city to ask about fashion because everybody wears bit. the exact same pair of pants from Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know a little bit about fashion right from Aubrey, uh, and she works at a clothing store. Oh, yeah, she's right. We should get yeah, her yeah, input yeah. on what a good Supergirl costume would be. Yeah, we should call her up. I'm sure she'd have so many ideas. In fact, go do an interview with her with your thing tonight when you get home okay. with your recorder when <laughs> you get home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do a recorder with my thing and the, the recorder thing. Uh huh. And then you can send it and share it, and okay. we'll put it on next week's episode. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll ask her uh, fashion tips. Yeah. About fashion what tips. Are, fashion tips for superheroes. For superheroes. Yeah. Uh, or do you just want me to ask what are twenty-four-year-old uh, girls yeah, wearing right if, now? If, if if she was going to be Supergirl, yeah. What would she wear as a costume? Okay. We'll pull up some images. Yeah. And we'll talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Just, there <laughs> should you should be able to find all sorts of different Supergirl uh, I'm sure costumes online. Yeah. There's there's hundreds of them from the 70s alone. I'm just I am I am kind of excited about this series. Now the next question that I have is when are they going to launch it? A lot of times you have to wait till the upfronts before you find mm-hmm. out what's being given a go ahead for uh, the following fall. But they're giving a go ahead right now and telling everybody that they're giving a go ahead. So I wonder if this is going to be a winter show. If this is something that's going to debut in the spring and they're going to rush it into production, or if they're actually going to make us wait. Until next fall so to they, see this, a year from now to see this. So they haven't shot a pilot. Nope. It's just based uh, on a spec, script and an idea. Script, yep. Go. Yep. Oh, man. Because that means they haven't cast it yet. Nope. They have producers, but directors. But remember, with, with uh, Wonder Woman, it was like, oh, they're going to do a Wonder Woman show. And everybody's like, well, who would be a great Wonder Woman? Who would be a great Wonder Woman? And within like a week, they announced Adrian Palicki. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, well, wonder what kind of costume she's going to wear. And then like, boom, that Saturday... They dropped the image of what she was wearing. People were like, whoa. And they said it's also going to be on the cover of TV Guide. So it's like these. a lot of those things had been planned in advance. That's interesting. I mean, I don't know what CBS's lineup is right now. If they're expecting stuff to drop off in fall or for winter and then we're going to pick something up in spring. Because uh, if they pick up in spring, unless they're going to start going to an irregular well, release could, schedule, they're going to only give them 12 episodes. That is my other interesting thing. You know, CBS and Fox both did a, a thing like a decade ago where they're like, you know what? We're going to run original programming over the summer. We're not mm-hmm. going to go into reruns. Mm-hmm. So that's where we got 
American Idol and we had Amazing Race and Big oh, Brother right. and all of that yeah. stuff lasting over maybe more than a decade ago. Oh, yeah. We had all that stuff going on over the uh, over the summer and it brought in huge ratings for those mm-hmm. for those networks. I don't know if Supergirl could hold a summer schedule and be successful. Hmm. Um, do we is Batman Superman releasing next year? It releases in 2016. See, the only thing I think that I could think of for releasing a superhero movie on like a spring summer schedule, or at least getting it out over the summer, is you're oh, going to get yeah. a lot of box office, or at least a lot of pull, because every superhero movie releases within five months. So you're going to get, you would think, some pull from those being uh, hyped up and like, oh, you want to watch something every week? Go CBS. March 25th, 2016. So that's still a long ways away. Um, so yeah, do it for the fall. Yeah. And do it within a couple of, do it within a month or two of, well, yeah, if you do it for the fall, it'll still be around. For spring. To spring. Yeah. You hear the rumor that uh, Aquaman was already in the uh, Man of Steel movie? Say what? Yeah. According, no. to, according to an interview with uh, Zack Snyder, you know that scene where uh, the oil rig blows up and, and uh, Superman's underwater and you see the, the whales and the dolphins? Swim by. Oh, like Zack Snyder. Back there. Zack Snyder said Aquaman sent them to rescue Superman. Oh, and they're going to show that, reveal that in a big flashback in the upcoming you Dawn know of I, Justice movie. Uh, I fell asleep in that movie in the theater, and I haven't watched it since, so I don't remember that part. I am, you know, I am excited about seeing the second half of uh, <laughs> Days of Future Past. I really am. <laughs> I really am. I want to see it. I, I hope it's as good as I imagine it is. I is keep- it? Have you seen it, Matthew? No, but I keep bumping into Man of Steel on cable, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I just can't. I'm it's like a 20-year-old girl. I don't girl. think it's a horrible movie. I mean, Mason really loved it. He thought it was great. Now, I know well, there are that's... some people like uh, Scott Kurtz who think it's an, it's an abomination, and there's people like me that think that it's an okay movie. It's not, it's not stellar, but it's a Superman movie that's a lot better than Superman Returns, in my opinion. True. Uh, it doesn't have a stalkery deadbeat dad yeah. flying around. It would have to be too good to be <laughs> lifting a Superman continent Returns. of kryptonite. I mean, de- surf Nazis must die is arguably better than Superman Returns. I don't know. What do you think, Rodrigo? Is, is uh, am I going to enjoy X Men: Days of Future Past? I think so. All right, it was good. All right, I'm going to watch it. Probably, I won't be able to watch it till Thursday, though. My the the most enjoyable thing for me out of uh, Days of Future Past is how capable mystique is and how terrible everyone else is at catching mystique <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah did you did you get to see quicksilver i saw the part where they showed up at the um His at house. the meeting with the uh with the military yeah and they start shooting guns and she jumps out the window that's where yeah Dad, i don't feel good uh, i think okay, we have to leave okay. right now yeah, which that's... really turned out to be Maybe the oh. violence was a little bit too intense for him. Yeah, yeah. So like the last, you missed like the last third of the movie. Yeah. I would say. I think it was Is about that, the last half of the movie. Yeah. There was like an oh, hour really? left. Yeah. Of that, movie. that seems like one of the f- things there, that there was about an kicks hour off left a lot in that of movie. stuff. Mm. Yeah. Because like Magneto's are like with the right, thing and the, right. Yeah. Listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com <laughs> and you can check out these stories and a whole lot more. It's all over at Majorspoilers.com. Let's do some reviews. So is it officially The Wicked and the Divine, or is it just The Wicked plus the Divine? I say The Wicked and the Divine, because The Wicked plus the Divine sounds goofy. 
So I, I, I guess it is the okay. wicked and the divine. <laughs> wicked and the divine number four came out yes. last week. Maybe you just say it so fast nobody hears the end. The wicked, wicked the divine and number four came out last the week. And, the end of comics number four came out last week, and I it, from day one I've actually been really, really kind of hooked on this series because. Well, first of all, Jamie McKelvey does the art, and Jamie McKelvey could draw, you know, a Starbucks that never moved, and I'd be like, gosh, that's so pretty. I do love his art, but um, The Wicked and the Divine is essentially the story of a circle of gods, we will call them deities of some sort, who return every 90 years for two years, then die. And it's, it's a, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, it's a metaphor for pop culture. Things are really popular for a minute, then they die, and then they come back in cycles. But don't tell everybody, because then they'll think I'm actually analyzing stuff, and everybody will want to know what I thought about The Dark Knight. But uh, in issue two, uh, Lucifer, who is one of the deities in question, was on trial for something that she did, and snapped her fingers pretending to do something, and someone the judge. killed the judge blew his brains out. And of course the question now is since Lucifer is by nature a liar, but since virtually any of the other guys could have done this from a distance, who killed the judge and what's the deal with Lucifer? Um, this one has a lot more Bal in it, which is interesting. Bal is a, is a character who reminds me a lot of Kanye West uh, the story opens with him doing kind of a Sistine Chapel painting of himself as as this, you know, a, that warrior god. It's really kind of awful. And we actually meet the full circle for the first time in this issue, too. And that's kind of fascinating. We find out that in addition to Sekhmet, who we've met, and Baal, who we've met, and Lucifer, there's also Wotan, or Odin, uh, there's someone who I believe to be Apollo, who is not actually named in this issue, uh, Ananki and Amaterasu, who we've also met. And, of course, the big scene of them all together is the explanation of who could have done this. And it's a beautiful panel where you see them all sitting in a semicircle, and as you go across and track across the room, each of them basically says, I could have done it. I could have done it. I couldn't have done it myself, but I could have had somebody else do it for me. And it's a really interesting thing. You get into everybody's head. And, of course, the last, uh, Amaterasu, the last one is like, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it. I really couldn't have done it. Okay, I totally could. I love her, by the way. She's adorable. But as the issue progresses, we get into a really weird place because our, our point of view character, whose name escapes me, by the way, but she's really cute and has kind of green hair, goes to visit Lucy in prison. And something weird happens. And something even weirder happens on top of that. And as the issue ends, Lucy is floating out of the prison, walking on air. Everything is on fire. There's been explosions, and now we don't know who did what or why. It's trippy, but in an enjoyable way. I've always loved it when you have a mystery. You can have the mystery that you want to know what's going on. Um... Or then you can also have Lost, where it's just question after question after question, and there's never really a realization. There's never really a satisfying answer. They haven't really told us anything yet. Each issue of this book is still introducing new stuff, but the introductions are so entertaining that I, I don't really mind. I want to say that this was solicited as a six-issue 
miniseries or arc or something. So I'm hoping that in the next two issues we get into that bit where we try to find what's going on in the universe. But I really enjoyed this issue. I, I love, love the art. And there's something about the way Kieran Gillen writes people that makes them... You don't necessarily like them because I don't like anybody in this book at all. They're all basically jerks. But you understand them and they, they feel like they might be realistic personages. And of course, the that central concept... The hook of every 90 years they come back and then they die. That's that's really too awesome. Four slices of meatloaf for the wicked plus and or and the divine number four from Image Comics. All right, cool. Um, that was out last week. So yep. it's still on stands. Get in your digital versions. All those good kind of things. Uh, Zach, you've got a, an yeah. issue out this week. Coming out this week. From Boom, Boom Studios. Studios. Evil Empire number five. So I have not read any Evil Empire, uh, but this is a one-shot off from the series, and I really picked it up because uh, Joe Isma was doing a little guest spot on the art for this issue. I said, hey, uh, one-shot, I shouldn't have to know very much. Yzma's doing art. It'll look pretty. I'll get into it. Uh, after this, I was done reading this issue, I muttered some jubilated explicitives that I will not repeat on this podcast because this <laughs> issue was so good. Was it G. Willikers Batman? Uh, G. Willikers Batman. No, it was not. Yeah. It was like, holy, um, you know, just pick whatever one you want, but uh-huh. it was it was the big one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so in this issue, we are following some character who we we don't know his name, but we find out that he had some issues with his mom growing up. Uh, he felt emasculated. He didn't feel like a man. So to make up for that now in his adulthood, he likes to kidnap women mm-hmm. who look like his mom, mm-hmm. tie them up, and then force them to watch him murder other people so she, that person can... Uh, say how horrible he is like he kind of wished his mom did or whatever reminds him of him yeah and so it's like there's some really weird some really weird twisted stuff going on right and you and you were enjoying this uh well i did not enjoy that i thought it was that part was really weird and it got really weird when he is telling his he key yeah at the point we at he's explaining his psychological nature and saying i realize this is happening and uh i mean he's explaining it to the woman he's kidnapped but he's like, I have to leave you now because I have to go kidnap the person that I'm going to uh, murder in front of you. So he goes to the grocery store and he has this dream sequence that had one of the most disturbing images I've ever seen um, where he's like daydreaming what he would do to this store clerk and um, <laughs> like out of his pants shoots like five arms with like weird knives and he said like let my genital murdering arms hack you up it was like the weirdest panel i've ever seen in a comic all that to say i like i don't the part that gets really interesting is about the last four or five pages um where everything shifts and then the ending is just like what that was awesome uh, so I don't want to give that away because you don't need to read Evil, Evil Empire to enjoy this. 
uh, I will say that is kind of framed around the timeline of what it feels like is the four, uh, first four issues of it. Because like the first thing we see is it's like three days after the trial of Kenneth Laramie and is a couple like three days after the arrest or three days after like the execution of the same person. And, we, and you realize like this is the person, this is the president of this world. So I'm assuming, um, like something happens with him. There's something like murder thing happens with the president. He confesses like murdering his wife or something. And this new president hmm. comes up and like establishes this, this crazy society, uh, that I don't like, I don't understand cause I'm sure it plays out in the first four issues. Uh, but it does affect the ending, but you get enough of a sense of what is happening in the America of this story that it frames up the story and gives, uh, the ending like this super big, powerful punch that is just super awesome. Uh, so I have to go back and read the first four issues of this. I'm not, not going to see any of the same characters. I'm assuming uh, these seem like just like they wanted to tell a story that was happening, not uh, in the mix of the first four issues. So I have to go back because the world is interesting the way uh, it kind of unfolds at the ends. Uh, this is written by uh, Max Bimis. Bimis. I've never uh, read any of his work before. I haven't even heard of him before, but this is just super super awesome uh i yeah i'm gonna give this five slices of meatloaf i haven't read anything this good in a long time and it uh made me super happy and really weird inside with the first like half of this book i'm glad i'm sitting over here yeah <laughs> good times yeah man you should read it it, really, it is does say it, it is, is really a one good. it does say it is a one shot so yeah. it's like a done and yeah out so like thing. if you just see it uh this week on Comixology, or you see a local comic book shop, like just take a chance on it. It's really good, and then decide if you want to uh, read the rest of the series. I guess. Cool. All right, thank you, Zach. Yep. Uh, also out this week, Roche Limit number one from Image Comics. Uh, this one is interesting in that it's rather hard to explain. There is a thing out there in space. So we've gone out into space. This guy. Um, Billionaire Langford Skarsgård dreamt that, hey, it's time for us to leave this planet and go out and explore and do great and wondrous things. And life is going to be awesome. And we're going to really conquer and lift ourselves up. And they found this uh, this planetoid circling kind of like something that's like a proto black hole. It light can't escape from it. It's not sucking everything in, but it's this kind of huge gravity well kind of thing. And orbiting it is this is this planet, and they've established a colony on there to do mining because there's this mineral that's not found anywhere else except here. Except it turns out that this mineral is like a super hallucinogenic hallucinogenic drug. Wow. And as and this is the weird part about the story. One of the kind of more maybe brilliant takes on the sci-fi genre is that we can have these great noble things, right? We mm-hmm. can always have this dream of in the future, we're going to have flying cars and in the future, we're all going to be super smart and all live in peace and harmony and blah, 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 blah. But what normally happens? We get lazy. <laughs> and if you've oh. seen a movie like Idiocracy, you know that how we'd like to think that we're going to be so much smarter in the future, but we really aren't. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what's happened to society in this world that the, that the creators have, uh, have built is that people are just lazy and they just keep doing the normal things that they do. So this this co- this colony has basically become I don't want to say a cesspool, but it's it's got a lot of crime, got a lot of drug deals going on, got 
mobsters and people running this place. And it's not uplifting. It's like people have cobbled together society based on things that they found around them. It's like nothing new and sparkly and shiny. It's all run down and tattered Mm -hmm. and torn. And the story starts out with a detective from earth who's looking for her missing sister. So we've actually got three characters in the story girl looking for a missing sister gets into trouble and ex cop slash drug dealer uh, slash detective decides to help her out. And he's on the run from the mob as well. And then we've got a third mysterious character, which is some scientist dude that's performing experiments on young ladies. And we don't know what that is about yet. That's the big mystery. This movie starts out a little bit like uh, outland that Sean Connery movie from the 1980s in that there's some murder mystery in space. And then it turns a little bit into Blade Runner, and then it turns into a little bit of an 80s, I don't want to say lethal weapon, but kind of along that uh, buddy cop movie kind of stuff. All of this in one issue. All of this in one issue. So it's And, and then the noirs, it's got this detective noir feel to it, too. So it's like they're mashing all these different genres into one weird mix, which is kind of like what this what this colony is, is one weird mix of stuff. So it's really hard to take in in the first issue because you don't really understand what the heck's going on. It's really beautifully illustrated. The story is a little odd. I mean, because it does feel like in one moment, like you're ready for the saxophone to start playing. (laughs) And then the next moment you expect Crockett and Tubbs to come jumping out of a, out of a Lamborghini or Ferrari or something and chase the bad guys down and shoot them. So that has this weird, this weird thing that goes on with it. But this is going to be, this first series is five issues, mm-hmm. and they're going to have three arcs of five issues apiece, each one told in a different time period regarding this colony. And yet somehow they're all tied together to tell a more complete story at the end. Interesting. So I'm kind of interested in seeing what's happening in issue number two, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I'm super hesitant that this is, they seem in interviews that I've read between the two, between the creators they seem to really have a grasp of what they're doing and okay. they really seem to have a clear goal of what they're going for. Still, it's very amb- ambitious. It's very, mm-hmm. very ambitious. And I hope that it doesn't fail. If nothing else, the beautiful cover art should, should grab you. Um, but, um, Roche, Roche limit number one, I'm going to give three slices of meatloaf out of five. I think it has a lot of potential, but this first issue is just a mishmash of different things. It's not like it's jarring, but, someone savvy to the different genres is going to feel like you're moving through these things as different situations occur. And, um, I think you might enjoy it for that, for that point. But I think because there's, it's a missing girl caper, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. I think from that, it it stands just as the missing girl caper. I think it stands by itself and works that way, which is why I'm giving it three slices of, of meatloaf, but it is out this week. Roche limit number one from image comic. So, uh, is it a limited series, right? Or it is yes, it is fifteen issues total. Fifteen issues, but okay. it's going to be told in five issue arcs. I mean, I kind of like that idea because it's not like a f- a fifteen issue limited right. series right. of right. only that first like a first character base. Right. You know, you're going to get a new. Mm-hmm. You would assume like a new story, new characters mm-hmm. in a new setting. Um, My fear I mean, though that, that interests me because each arc is takes place at a different time period right like not like six months later we're talking like 20 years later right, right. big jump. and how they're tying those stories together i just it's very ambitious to do that and mm-hmm. still make the and still tell a complete story yeah now maybe the the tie is it's this colony is your tie between that but it's 
It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. There have to be some sort of at least thematic ties. I think. I th- the, there was this weird part in the very beginning, as I mentioned, it kind of feels like Outland. There's a mm-hmm. guy that is murdered on a spaceship um, orbiting this um, the stellar entity uh, or oddity or mm-hmm. whatever that you want to call it. <laughs> that does not feel in any way connected to the story that's taking place on the colony on the planet. Mm-hmm. Because after that little brief part, you get into a big double page splash talking about the anomaly. You're talking about the planet and you're talking about the colony. Doesn't talk anything about giant spaceships floating around the outside. So maybe that's the tying connector. Maybe that spaceship was something that took place before the colony was established. Mm-hmm. And we're going to learn uh, something that happens after that. Yeah. That would tie into the title. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So the Roche limit is this um, scientific principle about how close bodies can get to another larger gravitational pull before it completely falls apart and how gravitational tides would. Mm-hmm. If you get to, like, for example, if the moon got too close or a planet got too close to the sun, or in the case of Saturn, if a planetoid got too close to Saturn, it could break apart mm-hmm. and form rings, or it can stay at a certain distance and maintain its equilibrium. And um, and I think that's what's happening with this planet, is it's just far enough away from the anomaly where it's able to maintain its orbit, but it's but I think it's affecting the people in a negative way. But, uh, again, the the creators have said that they've purposefully made society not be ambitious Hmm. meaning that they just kind of are lazy and kind of tend to do what they normally do Hmm. um so that kind of explains the society it it makes me from like seeing cloud atlas where uh, a little different i mean but you're jumping huge time periods you know yeah it makes me wonder what it would be like i mean you've you're the only one that's read the first issue of this thing right but getting all three arcs completed and then reading like issue one of the first three arcs, oh, you know, like yeah, Cloud yeah. Atlas was mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. different time period jumbled together yeah, in one went, big long one, story. One, two, three, three, two, one. Yeah, kind of yeah, story. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if it's going to be told that way. It, it, right, I mean, that, that, but that's, that's why, why I'm interested, I guess. Yeah, it's like, I think I the ambitiousness of the project, like Cloud Atlas, Atlas, means I'm going to need to check out issue number two, right? And maybe issue number three, and maybe the first issue of the second arc, and mm-hmm. and see where <laughs> this goes. This, you know, Matthew and I did um, reviewed the Fuse, which is another kind of murder mystery in space cop drama thing. Uh, I think also from Image Comics. Yes. This does not feel like that. There's also, by the way, there's also Copperhead, I think, which just came oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is also kind of a murder mystery in, in space. In space. Yeah, well, I mean, genre mashups are all the rage right now. <laughs> well, just honestly, I think remember, we're starting to see a, a kind of a swing back to space opera stuff. Remember, stuff set remember off a few years ago where all of a sudden we got five basically kaiju titles and mm-hmm. this like even predates like pacific rim and the mm-hmm. return of like mm-hmm. godzilla and all that stuff yeah, yeah so it's, it's the zeitgeist man. Yeah. that comes out this week that is out this week it's out in stores now so go get it uh roche limit number one now uh, rodrigo you have a book that is not coming out for several months right uh. and it's one that uh perplexed me for a moment until we actually sat down and he showed it to me and then i was like oh yeah now i, I know what you're talking about so mm-hmm. yeah this this book is super indie Super indie. Um, so the the full title of this book is Tan Lee presents Black Kirby's Kit Code Channel Zero Number One. Um, <laughs> but you are likely to find it just as Kit Code Number One. Uh, and this is the story of a. Uh, let's see what is the title here. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Of uh, one of the knights that um, guard the 
um, the space-time continuum from the power. And the power is basically uh, this evil entity that betrayed the god MC um, and shattered the uh, remix of the universe. Um, This book is basically a non-stop super high energy hip hop action <laughs> um razzmatazz i mean there's a lot going on here razzmatazz <laughs> yeah it's like it's super colorful really just relentless um and uh there's a lot going on the main character is named kid code kid is an acronym but i can't find like the the k in it starts for night um so I, technically his name is just Code, but you know they refer to him as Kid Code. Um, and he is one of the people who Father Time has found to, uh, to, to basically help them gather up all of these broken pieces of like the master mix of the universe before the power, who is basically the devil, um, can get them all and rewrite the... Uh, the the master mix uh in his own image um there's this book is really stylish anything that has to do with style is huge in this book um the names are cool you know the bad guys named the power the main characters kid code um the your your oracle type like your oracle as in like batman's oracle type mm-hmm, character mm-hmm. is named roxy clockwise <laughs> um, i love that name the uh let's see there's i'm trying to flip to the end here real quick um like one of the powers like main agents uh is named serpent sampler um oh and the the team that like basically the the agents of the power are called the the Ragnarok stars. Yeah. Like anything that is like what is a cool thing that could be here is there. It's like the 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 coolest hip hopiest book that I've ever seen. Um so that all is pretty great. Um however, and and this this is not entirely a bad thing but it is incredibly wordy and i think partially because of that you know it's like uh, a huge part of hip-hop is uh the the spoken word aspect of it you Mm -hmm. know the lyric aspect Mm -hmm. of it there's a lot of that going on but it's too much like it this book is seriously a little too wordy Mm. um and the the word stuff is is fine and it's rhythmic but it's like i i read there's like the very first page is just a block of text telling you stuff and it's like all right cool and the next page there's like more of it and then anytime like if you look if you just flip casually through the book there's just so much text just so much text and I think even though the text is cool and they're explaining a lot of cool stuff, and again, there's just everything that they say and do is so stylish, I think this is something that could have been uh, dialed back a little bit, um, even even just to show more action, you know, because the character spends a lot of time kicking 
uh, skeleton guys and TV monitor monsters in the face. Um, but we could have had a little bit more of that with a little bit less uh, constant, relentless explanation. Um, this is a great example of uh, a book where I think the creator had a really good idea and is aware that he had a really good idea mm-hmm. and loves his really good idea <laughs> yeah. and wants to explain every last bit of his really good idea to you um, as much in as much uh, thorough detail as possible while also telling this story. Um, and that, to a certain degree, hurts the book. But again, there's a lot of... I, I, this this book gets along just just on style. I mean, it's worth. I, I think this book is worth checking out and picking up. Yeah, you know, I wonder. It seems because I don't know. It sounds like because it's riffing on Jack Kirby and Stan Lee and a lot of things that they created in the New Gods and this tie into music. And I understand, yes, um, uh, hip hop and, and spoken word there. But it seems like there's a lot of parallels between uh, what they're doing and kind of what Grant Morrison was doing in Final Crisis with the whole music and uh, music of the spheres and alternate reality and changing your perspective and how music plays a role in all of that. And there is, and you know, obviously uh, if you, if you take a step back and you think like what in the basis, most basic sense is music. It's like music Mm -hmm. is a sequence of sounds Mm -hmm. over time. Mm -hmm. And this is a time travel story Mm -hmm. that factors music as a huge part of it. In fact, there's this moment where, uh, we find out that um, these pieces of the universe that are super important um, hide by becoming people. Ah, okay. Um, and there's this moment where, like, after a lot of the fighting is done, um, Kit Code starts interacting with this little girl through, like, um, and, like, you just see a word balloon but it's like the two arrows pointing in one direction to like rewind or skip to the next mm. track or mm-hmm. whatever. And that's mm-hmm. like all they're saying back and forth. You know that's what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, again, so stylish, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. cool. Right. Yeah. Um, and I so wish many pretty more, colors. I wish more. Yes. I wish more of the book was that and less talking. Yeah. But <laughs> again, even then, it's not bad because, like, again, just so many good ideas here. But you get like 100% of them up front and then more. And this is just the first issue, though. This is just the first issue. And I'm trying to figure out. I think it's 41 pages. Wow, that's a lot. No ads. That's a lot. No nothing. Just this is 41 pages of book. And like, again, as I was reading this, I was like, okay, so it's over. And then there Mm -hmm. was more book. It's basically, it's almost two arcs or like basically two issues. Um, And it was fun. Um but it does get a little it, i i guess does it wear on you it does it actually does by the end i was having again a lot of cool concepts coming out but <laughs> by the end i was having a lot of trouble reading every single word balloon yeah. and text box i remember when this first came in i started flipping through it i was like oh this is kind of a cool concept cool art look looks like a cool design and then i hit like the first 3 pages which is nothing but text and i was like nope i'm out Yep, and and I I can totally and absolutely understand that, and I had to I had to push myself. And actually, if you go back and read it, and you just think about it as somebody as as hip hop, it mm-hmm. actually helps. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's not in rhyme or verse, but no, it has a pattern. Not. Does it's it have not, a pattern it, it and a does. tempo it's, to it? It's rhythmic. Here, mm-hmm. let me see if I can find it. Da, da, da. Go back to the first page. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
with the word the god mc created the ultimate lyrics aka the universe aka the first freestyle aka the seeds of what would grow to be called hip-hop from the root sound spread the tree of life aka yggdrasil aka yaks che aka the world tree the center of the universe Mm -hmm. growing outside of time in the heart of the rock of ages so you know there's a lot of that there. yeah Uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know the book was a lot of fun. I'm gonna give it uh, three and a half slices. Uh, I'm curious to see where they go with it. I'm curious to see where they can go with it because again, there's just so <laughs> much just in this issue. This could be a standalone issue. Yeah. Um. Obviously, there's more story to tell. But if somebody had told me this is the only issue that there will ever be of Kit Coat, I would be satisfied because there's so much here. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to find out more about this God MC in the dark mix that was created by uh. By the, uh, power. the power. Yep, the yeah, power. that's right. See this fight the power. By the way, just uh, fight the power. That's right. And if you, if fight you are power. interested, there are a lot of hip hop references, and I'm trying to, uh, to find it, but uh, yeah. So, uh, so Kit Code is like in the in the Terror Dome, I think, was where the power is hanging out right now. Um. And they have this thing called a needle drop, which is basically their teleport. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, that's cool. So, um, Father Time turns to Roxy clockwise, and and he says, "Rox, can you drop a line that's right on time?" Oh, cool. And her response is, "It's tricky." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so John Jennings, Stacy Robinson, and Damian Duffy have put this together. You can find it at Rosa- uh, Rosarium Publishing, R O S A R I U M Publishing dot com, and it comes out in December. Yeah, check wow. it out. It's not it's not like anything else that's out there right now. So if you want to read something that's a little superhero-y but not too much, and you really dig hip-hop, this is probably a book for you. Very cool. And yes. listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com and you can find all sorts of reviews, all sorts of articles, all sorts of sneak peeks, commentary, whatever, at Majorspoilers.com. Head over there. There's all sorts of things, including the Major Spoilers Poll of the Week. Oh... I feel the need to wrap the poll of the week, but I, I just can't. <laughs> it, I'm not saying well, you that can't, I can't. I'm you saying can't I follow can. that. Well, I, I could, but it would be all Beastie Boys lyrics and make me sad. You know how it is. So, like, no sleep till poll of the week. Uh, Nathan Olson wrote in this week. <laughs> now that we're in the 21st century, I think it'd be neat to see who would win in a fight. Auto Man or Tron? They'd be able to use all their weapons, vehicles, and items on both the digital world and the real world. Three, two, one, fight. Here we go. Rodrigo, <laughs> that's an interesting one, especially because um, we had this discussion last week about. Yeah, well, what, also uh, was a uh, was this in our discussion of the major spoilers podcast, or was this on top five? I forget. This, I think it was a top five. Yeah, I too many see. shows on the major spoilers podcast network. That's right. Although some would say not enough. Not us, because we're up until eleven <laughs> yeah. doing them. Some of us are up until two a.m. editing these things. So yeah, yeah no. So, uh, Rodrigo, who you got here? You got Auto Man. For those of you who don't know, uh, Desi Arnaz Jr. stars in a uh, action-packed crime drama <laughs> right. in 1982, I want to say. Right. Something like uh, that. Which three? is itself kind of like... Uh, it's uh, To me, Auto Man is interesting because it's kind of like a less interesting, weird science yeah, yeah. on account that it's not a lady. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, I mean, it is kind of like that. It's like somebody designs this program that then like can come out yeah. and then create things with his little cursor friend. He steps out of the computer and into your heart this week on CBS. Pew, it's pew, pew. Auto Man. That's right. ABC. Oh, ABC. Auto Man. Okay. Yeah. Um, because can, I still remember the ABC voiceover guy. You remember that guy yeah, who yeah. had this voice? Yeah. Auto Man. He makes things out of light. It is it is in, a, an interesting thing because, you know, in Tron, you do get a lot of like, hey, let's do this now. And then like a whole vehicle appears. Right, right, right. So right. I, I, I'm not entirely sure. I'd probably give it to Auto Man because as a kid, I watched Auto Man a whole lot more than Tron. Mm. Um, but really, that's it. I mean, this seems like a very evenly matched kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I think some people were, would argue, and in the comment section, they do argue back and forth about, well, you know, uh, Auto Man can step out of the computer, Tron is inside the computer. Sure. My argument is, well, Tron is the program, right? Right. Tron and all of the little bits and bytes and things that are running around can actually manipulate the code of the program and change mm-hmm. the program. And if Auto Man is a program, then they could go in and defeat, and Tron could go in and defeat. Uh, the master program residing inside Auto Man. So my vote goes with Tron. Zach? I don't know, Mr. Schleicher. Uh, I don't know what any I've of this stuff is. I agree with you, Stephen. You back. gave a very well-sounded argument, and uh, you described things about the characters I did not understand or know. <laughs> so your argument makes a lot of did sense. You even, did you even watch the updated version of... Or not? I shouldn't say the updated version of Tron, because it's a, it's, sequel. It's a sequel to Tron. Tron 2.0. Uh, I did watch the sequel. The ending was pretty horrible. But uh, it was interesting. There was a lot of cool, uh, you know, Daft Punk was Daft in it. Punk Daft Punk was, in it, was yeah. in it. I like that. The soundtrack was really good. What, what, Olivia Wilde Olivia was in Wilde it. Was in it yeah. uh, the dude was in it. Um, Bruce Boxleitner. Some other people were in it. The dude was in the original. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, was. That's that guy. That is that on guy. On the poll of the week. Yes. No, no. That's Bruce, that's Bruce Boxleitner. That's, that's, uh-huh. that's Tron. That's Tron. The dude was the guy who programmed. Kevin Flynn. Yeah, yeah Kevin Flynn. Flynn. He was the guy that programmed everything. Uh, and. Right. And um, his evil uh, partner zapped him into the computer, digitized him into the computer. Gotcha. And so Tron is there knowing that he is the creator. Mm -hmm, They are mm -hmm, trying mm -hmm. to save him and get him to the uplink so he can get out of the computer, out of the program. And there's a whole bunch of religion and religious and spiritual elements to the story, which at times get really weird. Yeah. Really, really hammer at home. When when, uh, Tron and... And uh, Yuri find out that Jeff is a user. It gets mm-hmm. really weird. Yeah, but then they realize he's the creator, not just the user. Well, at first they're like, "Oh, he's a user," and then he's yeah. like, "No, he, you know, I I wrote the whole thing." And and, and of course there was a what's clue the guy who was his alternate? Yeah, but who is the guy at the uh, at the end, right at the up length? That's like this big. He's like wearing a giant turtle shell kind of thing, and he's like <laughs> the archbishop of data Bowser. or something. He's kind of like that. This is a, it was a different kind of movie uh, for a different kind of time. I think it was. I think it's Sark. Sark is the guy who is is David Warner who has this voice. No, no, no. That, I'm thinking of this guy with a beard and a really tall hat, and it looks like it's something out of a uh, Mobius uh, cartoon or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh. that, all, that all sounds very interesting. Uh, I'm gonna go Tron because just remember Tron has the light disc. That yeah, those are really cool. And Auto Man's costume looks really dumb. Well, because it's just a green screen. Yeah, you it's can just, tell. It's just they're, they're keying out <laughs> the guy's suit and putting in some kind of a... Star pattern Star thing. pattern, which wasn't even very... I mean, That's early, 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 early computer graphic yeah. stuff. If oh, even yeah. that. You know, in Tron, you know, it was basically 
you, well, maybe you've seen and Tron John guy. Steph, maybe you've it? seen Tron guy on the internet. This guy that's basically wearing white <laughs> white suits with this reflective tape, yeah. Yeah. and you shine the light at it, and it bounces back and well, that, illuminates. That's a, that's what the Wikipedia said. Auto man's yeah uh, thing was his car. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah it's just all reflective. I'm gonna go Tron. I have no idea why. <laughs> hey, we ate up five minutes there. So Matthew, <laughs> yeah, what about you? you? Well, and this is actually a complicated one for me because. Auto Man is a superhero, and yeah. I I love superheroes in all their incarnations. I saw the twelve episodes or whatever it was of Auto Man as they aired. It was twelve. They shot thirteen. I read that on Wikipedia. Was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Wiki. Wiki you're, supposed it. To, <laughs> you're supposed to go. Thanks for yeah. schooling me there, Zach. Yeah, I, mean, I read it on Wikipedia. <laughs> Don't worry about I read it on Wikipedia. It's totally true. I watched you know, it a, when they first came out. You know, yeah. I'm a Wikipedia editor. That's I have all it, I'm saying. I have it on uh, so Beta. I'm going to change it to where it's twenty-seven episodes for the next show. Um, Auto Man was interesting, but there were two things about Auto Man that I always take into account. First and foremost, Auto Man was an artificial intelligence, but he was an artificial intelligence who was learning to pretend to be human, and he was kind of a bag of hammers because his human identity is Auto, O-T-T-O, Man, M-A-N-N. This is his secret identity. If your name is Auto Man and you you choose a secret identity of Auto Man, you're an idiot. And secondly, <laughs> when I was 12, 13, 14 years old, the local Pizza Hut had a Tron console. Yeah, I Zach, in those. the old days, you had to go places to play video games. Sounds horrible. And you'd, you'd put quarters in a thing that's kind hey, of like our mall has an Arcadia in yeah. it now. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know how long that's been there. This is the first time I went this weekend. It's kind of like that. You know the buffet where your mom keeps her wedding china? It was just like that, only instead of wedding china, it had a little tiny TV in it, and you could play the video games on it. That's what it was like, Zach. Yeah. I mean, those are pretty fun. I like Area 51. I'm pretty awesome about that. Tron was a killer video game. And based on the strength of Tron being a killer video game and also the dude abiding, I had to go with Tron because... Auto Man, for his, all of his superhero kind of things, was kind of an idiot, whereas Tron was more of a, a classical, you know, kind of monomyth character. Tron had that thing going for him where he was trying to be more than what he was, and then he found out that he was just a program and that the, the dude created him, and he was still all like, yeah, I'm totally Tron. And apparently, I don't know, was Bruce Boxleitner in the sequel as well? I want to say Yes. Did they like digitally de-age him? I is think that what the did? answer is yes. I remember I watching I, the movie, but I don't remember much about it except that it felt like they were just retelling the original. The second so, one? Yeah. They did the face replacement stuff oh, and that's they de-aged right. him. That's right. And they the face him. replacement guy. And they also really did that wonky. they did that with Clue as well. Yes. Uh, for the yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clue still looked like young the dude. It looked that, very, that's what they it looked de- very they, plasticky. They, he was normal Jeff Bridges in his character. Yeah. And then they de-aged him for Clue. Right. And then it got right. really weird when his like and face fell off at the normal end. Normal Jeff really Bridges. Normal Jeff Bridges looks a little bit like a beefier Gabby Hayes these days. Paul he, says, he looks like he's 110. Paul says there is no winner in those outfits. There can only be losers. <laughs> oh. Truth. Truth. Based on oh, Ray says based only on its 1982 version, Tron exists within the world of the computer system and is software of that system. Automan, however, had the capacity to step out of the computer existence as a holographic avatar and could oh. interact with the outside world. All Automan has to do is find a way of shutting down Tron's computer, and the battle is over before it began. Automan's uh, stupid. Pierce says name recognition for the win. 
So uh, does name recognition win in this case, Matthew? It does by a three to one margin, 76 percent, 102 votes in the bag right now, 76 percent saying Tron, only 24 percent saying uh, Auto Man and his beautiful, beautiful comb over. That hair is actually made of polyester. And he puts it on every morning like Darth Vader's helmet. Listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com, cast your vote in the Major Spoilers poll of the week, and then use the comment section to share your thoughts about Otto Man taking on Tron. I wonder, who, I wonder who would win in a fight, Otto Man or Manimal? Oh, that's tough. I was, I was, I was going to say, I think that it's entirely possible that both of these guys could be beaten, beaten by Max Headroom. <laughs> that's true. Man, Max Headroom would take them out. Yes. It's like, and Max, then Max Headroom would have to fight Airwolf. Yep. And like uh, Kit's uh, OS and right. uh, then Synergy from Gem. And, yeah, <laughs> and, and a Cylon. Yes. But not a good Cylon, an old Cylon. Yeah. Oh, you know, there's this uh, thing coming out this week from Dynamite Entertainment. Uh, Steampunk Battlestar Galactica, issue number two, is out. What? Yes. Steampunk Battlestar Galactica, out you, no, this week. You, you said it again, I, and it didn't you know, make they, any more look, sense. Look, they have, they have uh, Legendary, that Bill Willingham series. Uh-huh. Then they have this uh, Steampunk Battlestar Galactica. I'm going to bet that in the next year... We're going to see a lot of, of titles take on this steampunk look and feel as an alternate history of these characters and, and stories. Uh, steampunk stuff has I know been, it's been around, around. I know it's been around, but I think we're time. going to really see a huge push across I, comic I media. That's, that's unfortunate because I've been sick of steampunk yeah. stuff for like a few years now. <laughs> Basically, I was like, man, you know what I'm tired of? Um, steampunk stuff. And a wizard, like clever Wizard of Oz remakes, yeah. and then they finally came out with a uh, Steam Engines of Oz, and I was like, I'm done. I'm never <laughs> reading a comic again. Oh, this portion of the Major Spoilers podcast. <laughs> this portion of the Major Spoilers podcast brought to you by TweakedAudio.com. Head over to Tweaked Audio. Pick out your uh, headphones. In fact, pick out multiple headphones. They come in a bunch of different styles, bunch of different varieties. Heck, you could buy one for every day of the week. You'd look styling, profiling, listening to your tunes. Uh, they've got great was, audio was that reproduction. A Ric Flair reference? Maybe I don't know who Ric Flair is. I think Retail that was price. A, that was a Beastie Boys. Yeah, yeah. nineteen ninety five to thirty four ninety five is the regular cost, but you use the checkout code Major and you get thirty three percent off the price. Thanks, tweakedaudio.com for your support. How you like the feeling of bass in your face in the crowd? So last night, Fox kicked off the new. I don't know really. Yeah, it's the new season, but yeah. new DC comic season. Obviously, we've got Arrow season three is is online, and we've got a mm-hmm. whole bunch of other DC stuff. But Gotham kicked off last night. Gotham is an origin Oop. story of the great DC comic supervillains and vigilantes revealed an entirely new chapter that has never been told. I wonder why. Gotham follows one cop's rise through a dangerously corrupt city, teetering between good and evil, and chronicles the birth of one of the most powerful popular superheroes of our time. Aquaman? Gotham. Gotham. So what do you think, Matthew? Well, I'm a little bit torn because... Rip-torn? Yeah, rip-torn. No. The thing for me about Gotham is there are really kind of three shows in play here. Mm -hmm. One is a pretty good kind of, you know, crime, not like a procedural, but like, like... Crime story or a mm-hmm. wise guy when we mm-hmm. were kids. Yeah. You get that cool kind of, you know, cops who might be corrupt dealing with criminals and that, you know, they're in this place where you never know who's working for who. 
you also have that second level of there's kind of almost that that uh, chosen one montage floating around everything that James Gordon does where he's going to be the man who's finally going to put the stamp down and he's come to change the evil city. And then you have the, to me, almost unnecessary thing where every single Bat character yeah. has a cameo appearance in the yeah. episode for some reason. So, so you know, well, I, I really like the procedural part of it. Yeah. I really like the cop yeah. drama part of it. I thought that and again, this is the first episode, and people haven't had it's a, a chance to just kind of settle down and, you know, so settle down. <laughs> really, because that's what they—that's no. what they need to do. They need mm-hmm. to settle down and focus on telling a, a good crime series about clean, cleaning up Gotham City. And you said, Matthew, that you know this uh, chosen one, uh, mm-hmm. this Jim Gordon, who's there to clean up the city. Yep. I mean, that's—I mean, everything that we see, and really, we have only got year one and year two. Was there a year three? There was. It wasn't very good. Okay, so we've got year one and year two that we can kind of look back at Jim Gordon's early career. Yeah. And he was there to clean up the city. In, in year one, he was he, his partner tried to beat the, or did beat the crap out of him, but Gordon uh, put an end to that because he wouldn't get on the program with, with the corrupt crime. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I'm not going to let that happen to me. And that's when he and Batman teamed up and, and uh, did their thing. So... I kind of I kind of dig that Jim Gordon is this guy who really wants to play straight and narrow in a city that is so dark and it right. literally from the aesthetic we'll talk about here in a little bit is yeah. literally so dark. I would totally this, agree with you on the unnecessariness of trying to force Batman characters into this story. Yes. And, and there are two characters in particular that they could have done without completely in this story. Sure. Catwoman and Poison mm-hmm. Ivy. Mm-hmm. Remove I, those I two completely say, and you would have had a better story. And unfortunately, as much as I understand the need to have a Fish Mooney in this series, Jada Smith is not the person to play Fish Mooney. I hate Fish Mooney. Hate her. And the, the real problem here is, A, they have cast a strong female person of color over the age of 40 in this role. Yeah. And I, I'm like... Uh, this this should be awesome, but uh, there there are actually two people. When you say they need to settle it down, Jada Kink- Pinkett Smith and the guy playing Commissioner Gordon need to take it all down a notch because Fish Mooney, to me, comes across as Eartha Kitt's Catwoman, yeah, yeah, yeah. evil, and the, every single word out of her mouth. Are, well, it's just over the top. Supposed, she would, she are we supposed to hate her way too much? I think maybe we're supposed. Well, she's a bad to. guy. Yeah. She's a bad guy. Yeah, she's not I, supposed to be likable. I think we're, we're supposed to think she's cool. Is is that it? It's like she's trying to. Or, Cobblepot is clearly a bad guy. Cobblepot, I don't hate. He, he, he that was, was an awesome. Inter- that was an interesting character. But, but we'll get into a little yeah. bit more of this. But, yeah. but uh, Rodrigo, what's your initial reaction to this? Uh, well, I went into it not really expecting to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's got so many strikes against it to begin with. I'm not a big Batman fan. Mm-hmm. But also... On top of that, it's like the most potentially the most interesting thing about Batman is Batman, and this one doesn't even have Batman in yeah. it. Um, I uh, I made the uh, the mistake of watching the half hour primer before the thing actually started. Oh, yeah, yeah. At which point they spoil the entire episode, yeah, and then they spoil basically the next three or four episodes. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there was stuff in the primer that didn't show up on this uh, on this episode. I didn't um, 
yeah so that was great because they like not only that but they go through and like explain who everybody is and is going to become so like i didn't even get that moment when they're like Cobblepot, come over here, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's supposed to be the best. Like, yeah, because yeah. like Jada Pinkett Smith told me about it right. before the show started. Right, 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 right. Um, but uh, I think altogether, there's a lot going on, and I'm not terribly interested in the things that I think they want me to be interested. Like? I'll tell you what, like my face lit up when they're like, oh, that's Montoya and Allen. Yeah, and I was mm-hmm. like, Montoya and Allen, why aren't we following oh, yeah. them? Why, why isn't the? And I guess that's one of the things that I'm kind of disappointed in, and maybe I don't know if. I don't know what part Greg Rucka plays in Gotham, mm-hmm. but God dang, this is so close to being GCPD yep. yeah. that I wish they would have just made it GCPD, remove half of the characters that were from, that are Batman villains, yeah. and you would have had a freaking awesome show. But I don't, I, know if, say- I don't know if they were coming too close to the to the Greg Rucka uh, series or not. Nah, this is, this is, I think after... 10 years, 11, 12 years, however, they finally figured out literally how to do Batman Smallville because they mm-hmm. even titled it, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, Batman. I mean, yes. Uh, <laughs> and and the way to do it was, oh, well, let's make it a police procedure. Right. But this is a, a story or, or a show, at least just from the pilot, that is pulling in too many directions mm-hmm, at once right mm-hmm. it's like it wants to be that crime story it wants to be that rise of uh, to, to the top story for for yeah. jim gordon but also it's trying so hard to pepper in um yes and also Everything. it's trying so hard to be an action story because here's the important thing about corrupt cop stories they don't run they don't have a lot of action. <laughs> yeah. They actually don't. Not yeah. until the end when right. the bullets start flying. Yeah. And and this is this is a, something that was important for me because I was like, um, the Fish Mooney character, she's like trying to establish, basically trying to dethrone the Falcons, mm-hmm. right? It, it, like mm-hmm. she she explicitly says that out loud, which I hate, but she she does, and I'm like, all right, so that's her motivation. That's cool. And then she has two cops killed like she tries to have two cops assassinated right um and like the the main reason why i want to watch the second episode of gotham is to see what the falcons do to her Mm -hmm. and my guess is it's actually going to be nothing because no probably because i think they're setting up fish mooney as this like up-and-coming crime boss Mm -hmm. but she makes a lot of Rookie mistakes. A lot of rookie mistakes yeah. here. Yeah. Um, well, she's just been given this territory, right? right where, right. The, where the Waynes are yes. killed. But, but that's, and that's the thing how is she's like, drawn into. I don't feel that the universe is treating it like right. she made a mistake. Right. Like I, I right. think that. But I wonder if. I, I wonder though if the the whole thing with Cobblepot at the end and killing him mm-hmm. is not the Cobblepot as the scapegoat and Falcone is willing to let let um, Fish Mooney off the hook <laughs> uh, uh, because. Uh. Um, because Cobblepot was the snitch. Right. And if right. she can blame everything on the snitch and you kill the snitch, then, hey, everything's groovy between us, boss. Well, well and, and if they play it that way, that would be smart. It's clear from his actions that that's not entirely the case, though. I know. When, when he comes in, but... The, the thing that really bothers me about the, the Fish Mooney character... Mm-hmm. Aside from the name this, Fish Mooney? Yeah. Well, the, the name Fish Mooney is ridiculous. Fish Mooney is ridiculous. I, I think what really bothers me Except is... Except she owns a if, comedy club. It, so it is yeah, the laughing it, fish. 
Did anybody else How get a it? look at that tall, lanky guy with the pronounced chin who was trying to be a comedian? Oh, yeah. That guy? Yeah. You know who that guy's going to be. Yeah. At some point, There's, Yeah, at some point, he's going to be that guy. Zach, what, mm-hmm. did, what did you think of this? Well, I was just going to let you guys all complain about the show before I said no, how much ahead, I liked it. No, go ahead, go ahead, because you're not a, you don't have a huge history with no, Batman. No, 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 no. I was just going to jump in, eventually. I was going to let you guys get well, it all please, out. Please, go, like, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Please, go ahead. Let me, let me tell you why... Everyone so needs to watch the next episode oh, of, Goth- okay. of Gotham. All right, tell me. Because this was a pilot. <laughs> yeah. This was shot months ago. Yeah. And uh, it was incredibly heavy, heavy-handed about mm-hmm. establishing some of the characters, especially Barbara. Yeah. Like, that scene between her and I think it was the other detective, yeah, right? Yeah, it was really is, like, mm-hmm. is, like, so uh, unsubtle. And they, they, like, they throw one line in there. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, that was not even necessary for right. anyone to understand. Right. Uh, and that is the other thing. This that. is the right. pilot. So. Right. This is the pilot. So I think uh, what I what I think we see episode two. We don't see Catwoman. We don't see Poison Ivy. Like maybe at all ever again because they're like Poison Ivy. Like there's no reason for her to be in the show ever right. again. Right. Right. Like, she's gone. Right. Catwoman doesn't talk at all. She's just there mm-hmm. for like crouching. some weird reason. Huh? Right. Crouching on things. And crouching. Yes. Just crouching and watching. Uh. So that like that's what I'm interested in. Is 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 even Bruce Wayne gonna be in it? Like he like. From the way they think things in, like he's going to come in like periodically, but he's really not in the beginning. Like right. he's, he's really not in the show very. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an hour show. We mm-hmm. see him for like ten minutes. I, I bet you he's actually in ep- in every episode. I I'll would be surprised, but not, like, but not very much. It's right, like, oh, right, right, right. Check in he's, with the kid. Yep, yep. Yeah, he'll be so a he's not going to be. Yeah, yeah because not going to be there. Because if anything, this show starts to establish why. Batman would trust Jim Gordon so much sure. because he's been sure. giving him all this advice since he was like a little kid. So what I so what what I finished Gotham, I was like, hey, that was actually pretty good. I'm yes. I'm pretty I'm pretty pleased with what Gotham has turned out with this first episode. Is that hey, look, it's the Riddler and it's Poison Ivy. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like we have room to expand this series to engross way more characters than we're going to like actually start with. We're going to show you that they're there, mm-hmm. and then we'll get to them sometime whatever yeah, yeah, like yeah. let's get all those weird references out of the way so we don't have to worry about them anymore when you get to the rest of the 15 episodes for the season mm-hmm. so let's just throw them out i think uh I, one i'm like kind of glad that the murder of the waynes wasn't wrapped up in the first episode oh yeah because we've i mean we've talked about it before like i hope that thing stretches the whole season because that'll be really interesting especially when uh mooney and the falcones in eventually i'm assuming Cobblepot will come back and they have like this huge epic battle war right. and see who's gonna like reign over Gotham mm-hmm. as they finally butt heads with mm-hmm. uh, Jim Gordon in like season three. I, I, there were things that were in here that were great. I love the fact that they never identify when this is happening. Right. Right. Now, there, are some, not, there are some it's weird not things. Entirely, you know, but thing well there, there are, are some, some weird things like a flip phone yep which is very 80s 90s or mm, early 80s, early 90s 2000s yeah. late 80s or 90s 2000s and so i thought that that was interesting but you're right they are very non-specific on all the vehicles are kind of 90 a lot of like Chrysler. neon mm-hmm. and a lot of the promotional material though we've seen zeppelins in the skyline right which is right. like weird. which is a really nice and, homage yeah. to uh, animated series sure, sure. donald Logue as he was a great harvey great oh, that is yeah, awesome so good love him i love every moment and when he when he gets out of the car and he tells him flat out he's like look here's the deal you have to kill this guy or i have to kill you you, you even though the man has just threatened to kill our main character in golden boy mm-hmm. you're like mm-hmm. oh poor harvey how yeah. much must that suck to be harvey right which there? is yeah. not a trait i've ever felt 
in any other characterization I've ever seen to the character. I've never really felt. I mean, I haven't seen it very much. Well, uh, but like year well, one a, or the animated a, series, it's not like oh, it's always like you're just a prick. Yeah, it is. It is a different characterization because it is the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. Usually, yeah. the characterization of Harvey Bullock is he actually is a good guy with a rough exterior. Mm-hmm. This right. this Harvey is kind of. A little bit more layered. A yeah. Jerk with a yeah. Heart yeah, he's got he's got a good heart, but he's also corrupt. Mm-hmm. He has to right. operate in this and environment. So big, and so what I'm really interested in is over the course of this uh, show, if it proceeds into multiple seasons, I want to see if Harvey Bullock turns it around. And mm-hmm. if he becomes right. not corrupt, if he becomes a good guy. Now, in the uh, GCPD, there was this whole thing, both he and Montoya were both uh, ejected out of the police department because they said that Harvey was on the take and he right. couldn't uh, he couldn't not defend himself um, or he couldn't defend himself. Right. And so he was busted off the force. And I think Renee, same thing, or she quit in re- relation to that. Um, but I'm kind of interested to see if his character actually sees the right and the light, considering that what many of us know about the Bullock-Gordon uh, relationship is that Gordon yeah. trusts Bullock completely. Mm-hmm. I actually... Well, go ahead. He is actually the the crux of my biggest complaint about the show, while also being the thing that I love the most. That kid, okay, Bruce Wayne is what, 12? 10, something, yeah, I think. Something like yeah. that. So let's figure he's a good 10 years from being Batman. That means that Commissioner Gordon, who's right now 35, will be in his mid-40s. Right. Harvey Bullock is about 50. He'll be nearing retirement age when we get to Batman point. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, you look at Renee Montoya, by the way, the woman playing Montoya, I hope that was not her real accent. Because when she was doing the accent in her first scenes, I was just like, oh, my God, that sounds terrible. And then she kind of toned it down. And when she finally met in, she came in. But that's another thing. Victoria you, Cardiania. You, yeah. If you look at this, is this about 15 years ago or, you know, 12, 15 years ago to whatever your contemporary time frame is? All of these characters, if they're still going to be part of the Batman mythos when he's Batman, oh, I'm, I'm, Harvey Bullock is going to be 65 years old. I'm, I'm certain they are not worrying about no, that. No. They're, they're, they're know, telling but... this story and they're not going to worry. Like, if the if the show lasts 10 years to the point where you can just have Batman show up, yeah. um, then, then it'll become a different show at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Um, I liked Ben McKinney or McKenzie who plays uh, James Gordon. He actually did the voice of Batman in uh, Batman year one that we were talking about oh, uh, really? just a little bit ago. So that's, that's kind of weird. Good. I love Don- uh, Donnell Loge or I think that's how you say his name. Don- Donald Loge. Donald Loge. Uh, David. Um, what's his name? David Mazus uh, plays the young Bruce Wayne. Thought his kid was okay. Yeah, I think he did a much better job than. Uh, Catwoman or Poison Ivy, as far as kid uh, actors go in the in the piece, that, that well, Catwoman doesn't do anything. Did do anything. <laughs> I think her actions, there wistfully. I think yeah. her actions and her overactions. She kind of over exaggerated stuff yeah. to get into that cat like. That that's a directing thing. I know, but yeah. I just didn't. But Robin Lord Taylor, holy crap! The guy playing Cobblepot. I know. Did he oh. remind yeah, you that was of good. Jeffrey Combs he, a little bit as Reanimator? He, he reminds me sort of thing. He reminds me of the lead singer for Good Charlotte. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, and and Klaus Nomi, and that that execution sequence. Yeah, I thought that was, was well done. Beautiful. I thought that was beautiful. well done with him begging and Gordon walking, and oh my god, just yeah. that whole, the way that whole piece came together. That was great. 
Yep. I, my problem, I, I didn't like Commissioner Gordon as much because of some of the things that he had to say. There will be light, Bruce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there yeah, will yeah. be light. You, you can pull that off. You can pull that off by underplaying it, or you could pull that line off by shattering it. You could sell that line <laughs> with too much, but he was kind of veering back and forth between, you know, Shatner and, and Lord William Lord Taylor, whoever the hell that is, back and forth to where he'd be really subdued. And then for a moment, he'd be just, and I didn't, I didn't feel like he was always acting. And when he was acting and felt like he was overacting to me. Well, again, I, I'm, I am now interested to see what happens next time, because there would be a break in between the pilot and mm-hmm. the next episode. Would it be two see, years? No, 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 it won't be two no. years, but it, it, you know, it's definitely probably a month or two mm-hmm. or more between the time the pilot was shown and everybody saying, yeah, let's go ahead with this and get back into production. So, um, there could be some, there could be some changes. Did you guys like Edward Nigma popping up? I, th- no. I thought that yeah, was, it, out yeah, of was all good. the cameos, I thought that was the strongest yeah, one. Yeah, I like that cool. one too. I thought it, it seemed unlike everything else. It seemed really well motivated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, like CS, I or NCIS, they always have like really weird mm-hmm. like science yeah. people, science nerds. So yeah, yeah. so that's that's nice. Yeah. What about the uh, cameo appearance of uh, Richard Kind as uh, Mayor Aubrey James? Oh my! That I honestly I really love me. that. <laughs> threw me so hard out of this. I'm like, oh look, it's Richard Kind. I didn't know what his name was. I was like, oh, it's it's that guy from, from all those Life, movies yeah. I've seen everywhere. It's that guy who always plays that guy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Ira from Mad About You. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. The, the hypochondriac from season three of Scrubs. Yes. And then, oh yes! And then, uh, <laughs> what is he? The grandson of the doctor, Sean Pertwee. The son. Oh, the of son the of. Doctor. Okay. Sean Pertwee playing Alfred. Yeah. Uh, the I third like. Is- I like that he is not. I like that he doesn't have a quote unquote proper English accent. Mm-hmm. Not the received pronunciation. Right, especially for a butler mm-hmm. in that status. Now, for those of you who have read uh, Batman Earth One, Earth One, yeah, you've read that, right, Zach? No, but we've talked about it a lot. Okay. I've, I've, I've talked about it. Yeah. Um, Pennyworth in Batman Earth One is a former military guy mm-hmm. and came in to protect Bruce, uh, to protect uh, Thomas Wayne because he was threat on his life and was unable to protect him. Hence, they died. And so he decided to train. And he is definitely not a proper butler. Right. But he's there and he's willing to use a shotgun and he's willing to do all these things and be rough and tumble. And I'm hoping this guy... Is like yeah. That. Well, then he's we also making... saw uh, Alfred like that in the Batman. Is that what it, the, the, the Batman Kang. Strikes? I forget on which one it is. The Cartoon Network. Yeah, the, it's, the most it's recent the Batman. one. The Batman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was all military, young kind of mm-hmm, dude. Mm-hmm. I think he's taking some cues from Michael Caine too, because the the point where he's like, "Get down off there, you little wanker," or whatever he said. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, "Yes, I can hear that as as a Michael Caine thing." Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. So what about the aesthetics? I Wait. kind of like that everything was painted black. Yeah. 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 I kind of like their shot selection, except for the weird uh, that, GoPro. That was, uh, uh, like, we've talked about those kinds of thing. shows. That yeah, was the like running the sequence. weirdest choice ever to throw that in there. Yeah. It just oh, like completely the, the, sucked running you out of the running. Yeah. No, you're right. That, that was that, so strange. I was super thrown off by that. And w- uh, listeners, what we're talking about is uh, when he's chasing down, I think, the Mario Pepper. Pepper. Yeah, Mario Pepper. Pepper. Um, yeah. There are, are there are like random four, shots, four shots, yeah, yeah, where 
uh, it's a camera that's fixed to him. Yes. So you see the background shaking, but you see him like uh, sitting, his like, face you know. is essentially in the same place. We've right, talked right. about this. If you listen to our other show, Zach on Film, we talk about this camera a lot in the movie Pi, mm-hmm. which is where it was used, and it's been used in a couple of other places as yeah. well. Oh, it's used all over the place now, especially with GoPros. You just freaking. I know, but this was one. just not the appropriate. This no, was not just, an appropriate so series weird. for that. No, no, and that's that is weird. But yeah. I love the I love the moodiness of this. Mm-hmm. Um, this takes place in late fall, early winter because there is a snow bit. Yeah. So. It's going to be weird if they have stuff that takes place during the summer because we typically don't see Gotham. Gotham is always this rainy, dreary, late, spooky Halloween type landscape. The thing about the thing about big cities like that is that uh, they become oppressive in the summer as well. Just just like heat and stuff. But you you think of I don't know. You think of spring and summer as brighter colors, and Gotham City is just something that's not brighter colors. And maybe they establish it because. I mean, everybody's apartment is the hallways are painted black. I mean, just like a mm-hmm. like a black paint that happens over time. Like right. this was something that was painted Born in the nineteen hundreds, yeah. and instead of painting it white or yellow or something like that, you just continued to slap on the same black lacquer mm-hmm. um, for decades. Yeah. And you don't see a lot of trees. You no. don't see a lot of mm-hmm. you know stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I uh, the the ambiance of it. I thought they did a really good job uh, with. I really. One of my favorite looking scenes was when they're in that diner right after they got out of the murder scene. Yeah. And you just have like the huge blown out background mm-hmm. from a live outside, which made me think, oh, I bet there's a Zeppelin just pointing its light right <laughs> into the diner right now. Um, bottom line and from... Oh, go ahead. Here's the, here's the thing. If you want to get all nerdy about it, there's that light and then that like bursts open mm-hmm. and Montoya and Alan and, come out and of there. the... Specter, that's right. That's exactly right. That's what oh, I. That's oh, what it's, you know. It's the question and the specter, you guys. Yeah, that's that's the weird thing about this, <laughs> because in Constantine series, Doctor Fate looks like he's going to be a character in that series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in Flash, there is a I think a mystical character that might be appearing in that, or maybe it's Arrow. I forget which one. But I just think it's weird that. I was starting to think as soon as those those two appeared and they said, oh, Montoya, I was like, okay, Montoya. And that's like, and Alan, I was like, oh, fudge. Uh, I was like, do you think they would go so far as to bring the uh, the right hand of God into this? I doubt it. I really doubt that. I, and bring I in the spirit think, of vengeance. I don't think they would because, A, Christmas Allen is a specter. Right. He's not the specter. Well, and he's if a very you, troubled you, specter. But if, I mean, if you were looking to spin this off, which I'm sure Fox well, is sitting there counting the beans because they the had specter they the had question. eight million viewers mm-hmm. uh, for this very first episode, which is mm-hmm. huge. Um, yeah, but I'm thinking like, they're thinking of a spinoff is like, OK, season three, Christmas Allen bites it. Now we're going to introduce the, the specter and we're going to have a whole Sleepy Hollow type series where we get to play with the supernatural with the specter and tell those kind of creepy 70s specter tales if they had given us a lieutenant corrigan yes i would believe that they were trying to do that or a uh um ah crap what's his name alan scott because you know he's from yes. gotham mm-hmm. he's from mm-hmm. gotham yeah yeah like a like a college age alan scott interestingly there was not a um i forget what the tv station was but it wasn't um was it wgbs or whatever that uh GBS, yeah. that they use in, in the dc comics mm-hmm. i'm just afraid that a lot of this is being pulled from, and I need to go back and look and see if I can find some interviews with Rucka and see if he's talking about this anywhere. But this was definitely Gotham City PD. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of that in this. Um, my my biggest question going into the next episode and 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 the rest of the season is, 
what is the formula for the show going yes. to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we saw, like, uh, as was pointed out, we saw basically three different formulas mm-hmm. here that are all competing. They don't quite mesh together. So are we going to see a monster of the week proto-Batman villain every time? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, look, now, like, the next one is Nigma gets all disgruntled and mm-hmm. then disappears and mm-hmm. eventually will come back as the, as the Riddler. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or... Are we going to see a police procedural with like little little sprinkles on it for the nerds? I think it, that's what I want to see. That's I think that's what would be strongest. Uh, yeah. uh, or, you know what would be the strongest is homicide life on the streets. But, but you got to X Files it too. You have you have right. your but sprinkle your on sprinkle on the nerd of the sprinkle on the nerd stuff. Right. But yeah. you do homicide life on the streets, which was I, no offense, Rodrigo, but it's arguably arguably better than Law and Order. Oh, that 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 doesn't offend me. That's why Munch moved there afterwards yeah. when they canceled it. <laughs> yeah, but you you do your mythology arc with the Wayne murder, and then you mm-hmm. tell stories with the characters in and out. I, what I'd really like them to do is something flexible enough to where you can do a little bit of anything, because it would be great to actually, with this many characters that we're supposed to know, to out of twenty episodes, you have a whole episode where you're with Edward Nigma. And you understand that eventually, yeah, he's going to snap and turn into the Riddler. You give us an episode that explains that or that makes us care about that if and when it does happen. Mm -hmm. And then you still have your mythology arcs and your cop things. I think the worst thing they could do would be a CSI NCIS murder of the week thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then occasionally take, you know, 10 minutes out of it to go, yeah, we still haven't solved that Wayne thing. Actually, the worst thing they could do with it is turn (laughs) it into cop rock. No, Cop uh, Rock would be funny. Can bottom, you imagine? Bottom line for me is, and I know, oh, Steven, you'll have everything, Batman. No, I like this series because it's focusing on the police aspect and the crime aspect of this from an everyday okay. standpoint. And if they can make this a true procedural with the sprinkle f- sprinkles on top, with the jimmies on top, then I'm all in. And I think this can be a really good series. I th- I'm hoping that some of the acting is... Uh, and overacting is toned down <laughs> oh, in, be nice? in future episodes. Cause then maybe I could like fish Mooney, but right now I thought she was just chew- chewing up the scenery too much. Um, so I liked it. I, I like this better than all of the first season of arrow. And I've finished the first season of arrow finally. And I like this episode much better than anything mm-hmm. I saw in that first season. Now I'm about ready to start second season. Maybe I'll change my mind, sure. but uh, wow, I really like this a lot. Zach, uh, I was really, really impressed with Gotham. I thought it was going to be an interesting show that I would possibly enjoy. Uh, I don't get into that many TV shows, especially like while they're actually on TV. Uh, but at the end of the Gotham pilot, my, I'm in. Like I'm, I, without a doubt, I have to at least check out the next episode because it'll actually like a service, like how the show is going to be formatted. What can we expect week after week in Gotham? Um, but I'm expecting good things from this show. I really liked um, what it did well. Um, and I like I'm not too worried about adding any like more characters and just nods to things in the Batman mythos. Uh, but I really like I, I don't like cop shows very often. Um, but this feels different than a CIS, a C- CSI, yeah. CS- CSI, or, or NCIS, or NCIS. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I I hope they play long arc main and not just be like some other random guy's dead yeah let's long focus arc, on long that. arc would be great yeah so long I'm, I'm, hope, yeah. I'm hoping for that 
And if they do, that'd be really cool for a cable show to pull off. Yep. Matthew? Uh, yeah, there's too much going on here for me. I, I, I'm not going to be a regular viewer of this series regardless, mostly because my Monday nights are pretty much hosed. But I think what it really breaks down to for me is the, the sarcastic, horrible people who say this is Batman minus Batman. And what's the point of watching Batman with no Batman? While I hate the fact that those people are being so facile and, you know, goofy and making such a ridiculous semantic argument, Part of me understands it. And every time I watch this, I'm going to be in my head unscrambling timelines and trying to figure out how it would play with a grown-up Batman and a 42-year-old Renee Montoya. And the the acting overacting issue was enough of an issue that uh, if I catch it in reruns, I'll catch it. I won't be heartbroken if I don't. And if we, you know, we get to a point where, like Arrow, people tell me it's wonderful – I'll probably still not watch it because I still haven't seen The Wire. Wire is, up until they go into the school system, that whole storyline, yeah. Wire is really good. By but the then way, after, did, after that... Did you notice that the guy who plays Falcone is the guy from The Wire? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rodrigo. Uh, going in, there's a lot. Like, I, I was not expecting to like it. There were things about it that I liked. There were mm-hmm. things about it that I liked a lot more than I expected. Some of the things that I expected to like, I didn't. <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> again, I was like, oh, cool, Jetta Pinkett is in this. You know, I was like, this, this has got to be interesting. And, like, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't crazy about the way that her character handled things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am interested to see what the formula becomes. For me, it's this is very this is an interesting experiment yeah, yeah, yeah. of what they do with it. I'm not in I am not invested in any of the characters. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly care what happens, but I am interested from a writing standpoint to see where they take this show. Sure. So the number one reason why I might tune in next time, I why I might continue tuning in, is to see how they get themselves out of the corners that they're painting themselves into. Oh, it's easy <laughs> to do that. Bang, bang. Well, and that's and that was my biggest problem with this one, right? Mm-hmm. Is like at the, like, two-thirds of the way into this episode, all of a sudden, Fish Mooney stops being a, like, a smart gangster and just attacks a cop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if this is the way it's always going to go, then I don't want to watch this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. If it is de- definitely that way. So yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that's they... What- that's I'm hoping they were like, oh, actually, we haven't had a single bit of action in this. Mm-hmm. Let's have this happen. And there was a smarter way to write that. They could have written that and not had that happen. Yeah. But I ultimately, think they, they, they panicked. Basically. Ultimately, that's what happened with me with Smallville is, yes, in the beginning, it was Monster of the Week. And uh, mm-hmm. I was OK. But then it just got to the point where it's OK. It's just getting ridiculous for, to try to tell a story. Right. And so I drifted away from Smallville after well, and, what four seasons or whatever. And, it was. and this thing, this this show, uh, I think picks up, uh, like it it's learned from some of Smallville's mistakes. For example, Batman is not the main character, right? And mm-hmm. I think right? definitely need to keep it that way. So, um, you know, in Smallville, you're like, well, how old? does uh clark can't get before he finally becomes superman by the end of it is like tom welling was he was well over 30 yeah but in, in the show years old. in the show he would have been like 
19, 24, something sure. like that, mm-hmm. which but, interestingly, know, the same way with uh, Kira Zor-El and Supergirl. You, you start used to running into those things, and it's like, in, in Gotham, is like, we, in, in Batman mythos, we first meet Jim Gordon when he's 50. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this show has room to spread its uh, spread its bat wings yes. and, and, and fly, but early, only if they don't get ahead of themselves. Early seasons of Smallville, I think, kind of shot themselves in the foot. By trying hard not yeah. to make the overt references to the right. DC universe. Right. Mm-hmm. They tried to hold it separate from that ooh, that comic stuff. And by the end, it was all in there. And it was tons of it in there. And I think this show has gone a completely opposite way, which in you know, in today's environment may be considerably more successful. But I think they may have gone a little too far the other direction in giving us so much comic stuff in their pilot. So Yeah, we'll see. Uh, just for clarification, Matthew, so you can put this all in your Batman timeline. Batman before timeline. You, before you become a detective, this is yes. uh, you must meet the criteria, criteria of being at least 21 years of age, being a okay. U.S. citizen, and clear the police department background check. Okay. Well, the, the guy playing Jim Gordon is like 35. Probably in real life. Yeah, he's, and, and Donald Logue, I know, is nearly 50, because my wife has right. a huge crush on Donald Logue. So, and yeah, your wife only s- goes for 50-year-olds. No, my, my <laughs> wife and I are nearing 50. Oh. She's had a crush on him for, for, like, years and years and years. Yeah. My wife is older than us. You ever watch The uh, the Dow, oh. Steve? If you haven't, that's a really good, that's a really good movie with him. They um in 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 Gotham they uh, make allusions to him having been in the military. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how they bring uh, Gordon in. Like that's why he hasn't been in Gotham, right? Right. right. And they said right. that I don't know if he was a cop before or he was a cop like for a little bit before making. Because she talks about his uh, oh, Barbara, which throws yeah, me off. Golden Child kind of thing and. Father was the DA. Right, right, so. right. So he's he's been a cop and a soldier, but it's kind of mm-hmm. muddy exactly what order everything <laughs> happened soldier. in. Yes. Yeah, I don't know well, what... Jim Gordon... Well, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know, you know how quickly you can move up the ranks to detective. I don't think you get hired as... Maybe you do. I mean, I don't know if you get hired directly as a detective well, and, or not. And, you know, it's like, you who only knows? have to be 21 years of age and shouldn't pass the background check. Here, here's you the go. thing. You don't know what he did in the military. He could have actually sure. been a detective in the military. Yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah. you know, they have military police as well sure. i swear if jim gordon puts on sunglasses and uh some some uh, yeah. plays, i'm out with we just be happy with that and with that ladies and gentlemen we are Thanks. out on this uh, episode of the major spoilers podcast thank you for downloading again and thank you for sharing this episode with a friend for those of you that have been asking there you go there are our reactions to gotham the premiere episode um Unfortunately, we're recording this episode while uh, the season premiere of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going on. Mm-hmm. We've got a, tr- a talkback section over at Majorspoilers.com. It'll be another day or two before I'm able to watch that. Uh, I know somebody has a review planned. I believe somebody has a review planned. And uh, I'm sure we will hit many, 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 many more comic book related uh, shows on TV because we like our pop culture and comic books spread all over the place. And we know that you do, too. And We will talk with you soon. Fat Dick's revision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, they kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. 
Broadway. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I mean terrific this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Bomb Star Raven reads like a man of iron. I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. But would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fun be in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! Yeah, yeah, yeah! What a major spoiler! Wow, 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 wow! What a major spoiler! Major spoilers is copyright 2014.